Welcome to the Fair Talks podcast, where we educate everyday people for extraordinary change. I'm your host, Alicia Chan, Executive Director of Fair Trade LA, a community of business members, nonprofits, and fair trade enthusiasts driving proactive, sustainable solutions for a fairer world. I'm also a social entrepreneur with a passion for ending poverty and creating dignified jobs. Together, we'll explore how fair trade changes lives and communities and what we can do to address some of the world's biggest problems right in our own homes. Let's dive in. Fair Talks is brought to you by Fair Trade USA, the organization that brings you the Fair Trade certified label. Fairtrade USA is committed to building an innovative model of responsible business, conscious consumerism, and shared value to eliminate poverty and enable sustainable development for farmers, workers, their families, and communities around the world. Hi, friends. This is the last episode of season two before our team takes a short Christmas break. But don't worry, we'll be back in the new year. I am excited to bring you a special guest from a company that has truly been a leader paving the way this past decade in the fair trade movement. And it's Gallant International, a LA-based company that helps corporations, brands, and NGOs on their sustainable journey by supplying 100% organic and fair trade cotton products with a fully traceable and transparent supply chain. They specialize in organic cotton, including regenerative organic certified products, and they are 100% customizable. Basically, whatever cotton product you can imagine, they can make it. <laughs> they have worked with over 456 companies, large and small. In previous episodes, we have interviewed many businesses that sell B2C, business to consumer. But I'm excited today to be able to dive into a company that works B2B, business to business. Because this means that if any of your nonprofits, businesses, schools, congregations want to print t-shirts and bags or make any merchandise, this is the company to go to. They not only use regenerative organic cotton, but also fair trade certified cotton, and all their products are made in a fair trade certified factory in India. In this episode, we are going to dive into what all those certifications mean. Today, I'm honored to speak with the founder of Gallant International, Vic Giri. Vic is an immigrant from Nepal, and he founded Gallant International in 2009. He is also a co-founder of TerraThread, a fair trade and sustainable backpack company. Gallant helps businesses of all sizes, celebrity brands, and nonprofits achieve their sustainability goals by supplying certified organic and regenerative organic cotton products made in fair trade certified factories in India. This means following values and standards set forth by organizations like B-Lab, Regenerative Organic Alliance, Fair Trade USA, Fair Trade International, and GOTS. With time, his passion for supporting farmers in India who grow the organic cotton he uses has deepened. In 2022, along with his factory partners, Gallant helped 771 farmers in India transition 3,574 acres of land to being regenerative organic certified, making it one of the largest ROC projects in cotton globally. I can't wait to do a deep dive into what all this means for the people and the planet. 
And we are in for a treat because it is rare to find a company that oversees the entire supply chain from cotton production to distribution into customers' hands. And Vic made the business decision to make the entire supply chain fair and sustainable. Make sure you stick around until the end because Vic wants to give back in a very special way this holiday season to a family in need. And maybe you know of a family that can really use some extra support. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. Thank you so much, Vic, for coming on our podcast, especially with your busy schedule. There's so much to dive into and there's so much good things that you're doing that I want to share with the world. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I know you are doing a lot of great things. I know you are uh, building a school in Haiti. That's you know very amazing. That's amazing. And, and, and thank you for doing that. Before we talk about the business side, because there's so much to dive into there, I'm curious about your journey as an immigrant from Nepal, because I'm sure that that impacted the way that you looked at business and influenced the decisions you made to make sure that workers were paid fairly. So tell us, how has that experience as an immigrant impacted you and the perspective you have on life? So, you know, before I moved to the U.S., I had a business a travel agency. So I used to help people, you know, managing their trekking, you know, rafting, wow. jungle safari, and other thing. And also on the side, I used to sell water purifying tablets. So that's what I did. But, you know, even though I was born in Nepal, but I am very much connected to India. My my dad, my brothers, you know, my brother-in-law and, you know, and many of my friends, families worked in India. So I used to travel a lot and I have seen, you know, they used to work in factories and offices and, and other things. So I have seen the working conditions and how they were living. So I didn't have much idea about fair wages and good working conditions and other things. But as I got into, you know, selling products from India and Nepal, I learned that and and trying to do what best I can do, you know, not only help my business, but also help the bloodline of my business mm-hmm. who are the farmers and workers. And, mm-hmm. you know, my simple thing is that wherever today we are is because of contribution of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your parents, your teacher, yeah. You know, your farmer, your worker, your truck drivers. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that our business, you know, not only focuses on you know, making profit, mm. but also be fair mm. uh, with those, you know, people who support your business. Yeah. That's such an important life perspective to have. We are a collection of all the people that's invested in us, all the people that have served us and... We got to return that to the world. That's so good. So what inspired you to start Gallant International in 2009? I had no idea you were a travel agency. That's so awesome. And then that somehow <laughs> inspired you to, to turn that into Gallant International in 2009. And then how did you learn about fair trade and build a business model around fair trade movement and choose to offer fair trade certified products? You know, when I first moved to California, I definitely wanted to start a, a travel agency because I wanted to give people, you know, 
experience to go and be with nature and yeah. be away from hustle bustle, right? And also Nepal being like, you know, one of the cheapest destinations to travel, I thought I could, you know, help clients mm. experience more with less, right? Mm. But uh, that didn't pan out. <laughs> so, you know, the, <laughs> so, you know, the, the you know, I, I have to be like, you know, super honest. The main reason that I wanted to, you know, start the business is to give financial freedom for me and my family, yeah. right? And again, at the same time, that helping the you know people back in Nepal and India, mm -hmm. uh, so that you know they can make extra income, they will have you know market outside um, Nepal and and US being you know big country and big consumer. Sadly, right, we consume yeah. more than what we need. So you know that's how I started my business, selling from. You know, starting with ethnic bags and hats and, you know, gloves and other mm -hmm. things. And, and I mean, I don't know if you know this. I started my business from Swap Meet here in Warren's County, California. Wow. Uh, I do it Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and my business slowly started growing and I started doing a lot of trade shows mm -hmm. to go to like, you know, Atlanta, to Vegas and LA and different things. And uh, I you know, I felt that I was doing good because, you know, I was giving job opportunity back uh, to people in India and Nepal. And also my business was slowly growing, right? Mm -hmm. But I met a lot of people during the shows and they said that, Vic, you are doing good. But, you know, you can say you are doing good. You are paying fair wages and, and you know, a fair price. But unless, you know, they are certified, and verified by third parties, mm. how can you guarantee that, you know? Mm. So they said, you know, I think you should start selling fitted certified products. And they, you know, uh, told me like where to go and, and how to approach and and, and how to uh, to start, you know, they gave me a lot of uh, ideas. Wow. Uh, that's how I started. Then I, as soon as I, you know, got that idea, I came home. And at that time I was doing business from home. My garage was my storage, <laughs> right? Yes. So we all connect with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the trunk, you know. Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> so, so all those, all those stuff, and 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 first thing I did is I contacted Fairtrade USA, and I got response within two hours. I was very excited, and and I visited. Then I started learning about Fairtrade, about organic, uh, the impact they were making, and and. Also, like, you know, I was very touched by uh, Mr. Paul Rice's story that when he started uh, his coffee, you know, filtered coffee business in Nicaragua. And for conventional grown coffee, I think they were paying only 20 cents. And for filtered mm -hmm. coffee that he, he got, to, you know, he was able to sell for $1. Mm -hmm. that, that, was, that was, that's a big, big difference, you know. And that was like, wow, moment for me. And that's how I, you know, started focusing on fair trade business. Mm, wow. That's incredible. Again, it's through the people that you meet and people giving you wisdom. And now you're doing the same for others that has led you through this journey. And I don't know if people have seen the Gala International website. They definitely should check it out. But I love the variety of products you make. 
I remember coming to your office in Orange County and seeing all the possibilities. Basically, anything I could think of, uh, you, you're saying you can make with fair trade cotton. And I was so excited. And in case our listeners didn't know, fair trade LA's aprons, tea towels that you see on our website is made by Gal International in India with fair trade cotton at a fair trade factory, which means it's fair trade all around. So I love that you made the business decision not just to choose one, but get both certifications for your cotton farmers and your factory workers. That is truly rare and special. And I'm sure that's not an easy or cheap process to make sure that you cover all your bases. So can you, I guess, educate us in case our listeners don't know, what does that mean? For both, like, how did you certify both your cotton farmers and your factory workers? What does that entail? Yeah, definitely, Lisa. So, you know, as I said, I started my business from swap meet and, you know, learned about fair trade values and, and importance and impact. And the first thing that I did do is start with the factory, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to Fair Trade USA certified factory and he was doing, you know, garments and home goods and other things, but he was not doing bags, right? So mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll just talk the entire process and how I got here where I am today and, and how, mm-hmm. why I want to do more, right? Mm-hmm. So because that time I did not have the capital or the time and other thing to go to directly to with farmers, you know, because there mm-hmm. uh, you have to invest a lot. So I knew that he was working with a lot of co-ops. They were doing uh, filtered organic cotton. And I told him, okay, let's put a, you know, back factory. I will bring the business, right? You know, and we give, you know, good paying jobs and also buy cotton from those farmers and, and you know, make an impact. So uh, that's how we started. So basically he was buying from those co-ops then we made bags, you know, those uh, and and sold. Then when my company started making profit, mm-hmm. what I did is first thing, okay, now I want to invest more, right? Mm-hmm. So I told, and then I went to the farm where uh, they, in fact, they were already fair certified uh, farms. So it was a little easier for me. And, and I told them, okay, fine. Uh, we are paying premium for cotton, but we want to do more, right? Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, how about we do, pre-financing to buy organic cotton seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Because for those farmers who are doing organic farming, their investment is very little mm-hmm. because they are not buying fertilizers. They are not buying pesticides. Mm-hmm. That's Land true. belongs to him. And, and as a smallholder farmer, most of the times the family members work. And so the main cost is the cotton seeds, wow. right? The investment. Yeah. So I said, okay, we are going to do a pre-financing. So then we, I started doing pre-finance to buy organic cotton seeds, mm, right? Wow. Then, then our company started, you know, again growing. Then I said, okay, fine, we're doing that, but also we want to now invest. When you harvest your cotton, we want to pre-finance that as well because what happens is these co-ops don't have a lot of money, right? Mm. They get loan or whatever. So when they harvest, if you don't buy organic cotton or filtered cotton at a you know cotton at a premium price, there are a lot of brokers. They come cash and they sell it to the conventional market at a conventional price. Mm-hmm. So those farmers are not not motivated yeah. to do organic and fair trade 
you know, practice organic and fair trade, you know, practices, right? So, mm-hmm. so we have to encourage. So then we started investing when they harvest, then we pre-finance to buy those harvest. So that is secure, right? Then, then again, we wanted to go beyond that. Then, you know, this year, you're probably aware, we invested in regenerative organic certified, you know, farms. We helped 700 plus farmers, about 3,500 acres of land. So that is additional income. I mean, additional investment that we are making. So my, it was a journey. It was not a, like yeah. a direct, you know, going to a farmer, and going, you know, doing this. I started from factory when our, you know, company started making profit. Yeah. Then we went to the farmer and not only paying organic and filtered premium, but now we are into regenerative and also we are working on few other uh, community projects in addition to paying organic and filtered premium to farmers. Yeah. I mean, you came in to empower them. You came in with an amazing financing opportunity for them to then take that next level to grow their their fair trade cotton farm. That is amazing. I wish more companies would do that. <laughs> no, um, I, I feel very proud. And I just want to add this, uh, this. I think this is very important for the listeners, right? Mm-hmm. So our farmers have zero investment. Tell me the business that has, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that has zero, what do you call, uh, risk, mm-hmm. right? Because... We are helping buy organic cotton seeds. Yeah. When they harvest, we are buying all the cotton. We are guaranteeing to buy any yeah. cotton or any other thing they grow in the farm, wow. right? And so then in addition, we are doing other projects, community projects. So so it's a good business model for our farmers, you know, like a zero risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's it's good. That's why our farmers are, you know, happier, healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a very, I guess it's a good thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what truly sets your company apart to me is that you make sure to cover that entire process from the cotton where it's farmed, where it's produced all the way to delivering into the customer's hands, which means you're connected to the fair trade impact all the way through. And so can you tell us from your experience more about the impact you've seen through the fair trade purchases, how it has directly gone back and impacted the farmers and the workers that you work with. No, definitely, definitely. So first of all, like I, as I said, long-term commitment, right? Mm-hmm. We have commitment to our farmers. Yeah. Whatever they grow, right, mm-hmm. will be buying at an organic and fair trade premium price, mm-hmm. right? So that is, I think, the good impact itself. And of course, they know there are other fair trade standards like, you know, no child labor, no forced labor, fair prices, uh, guaranteed prices, right? And besides that, that, in all the premium, they are investing in, in uh, educational projects, healthcare projects. Sometimes they distribute cash, like during, you know, uh, COVID, uh, instead of, you know, doing other projects, they are buying, you know, like home appliances, they are doing some scholarship programs, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's it's collective. It's not only Calend. There are uh, hundreds of other fair trade brands and partners uh, supporting this movement and then growing big. And I'm sure you saw that in October, Fair Trade USA, you know, did a press release, and and the impact, like you know, the financial impact was like it it surpassed one billion dollars. B as in Bravo, 
BIs and yeah, B Corp, right? That's, so, that's incredible. <laughs> the collective yeah, impact. Right? That's incredible. Yeah, collective impact. And and then other thing that I want to tell you this, like you know, you mentioned, I think you know, before consumers are becoming very conscious. They want to put their money and they want to buy the products that does good for people and planet, right? Yeah. So the good thing, the organic and fair trade cotton price is increasing. And Elisa, and I'll tell you this, right? Until 2018, we're paying 30% more for our organic and fair trade cotton. Uh, you know, we're paying 30% more for our fair trade and organic lint cotton price mm. than any other company we're paying. Wow. Until that. But now, because of the demand is so high, farmers are demanding 30% more. Wow. You see, they're holding, they're wow. holding their cotton right now. Like our people are on the yeah. ground trying to collect from those uh, farmers that are holding, no, we're not giving. Wow. The began is dead. So they will be making much more higher yeah. price than only organic and fitted premium. You see, that's the impact. Yes. Right? I think that's that a is... big impact for them to make more yeah. money. That is so encouraging as a consumer because we always say like consumer drives demand. So it's like if we uh-huh. buy more fair trade yes. products, if we buy more organic products, then the brands will listen. And now I love that you're sharing that because that shows the direct impact of our literally our consumer wow. demand. That's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to add one more if you don't mind. That is on the farm level, right? So let's, let's talk about the factory level. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... On average, fitted certified factory workers make 40 to 45% more mm. than their counterparts mm. because, you know, they have fair wages, they have premium, they have benefits, right? Uh, and, and if they do overtime, they get, you know, double their, you know, than what they're mm-hmm. making. So all this calculating, they may make about 40 to 45% more than that, uh, you know, more wow. than their counterparts, right? Yeah. So that is that's good. So not only that, they have safe and good working conditions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have hope, right? They are not treated like you are just a worker. They are yeah. part of that factory. They are, they are a member of that factory. You are not a number, right? Yeah. So my partner factory has, and and this is very, you know, this is very important for our listener. 99% retention rate, mm. including the management yeah. jobs, 99%. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because people don't want to leave right. in our partner factory because they have, you know, you know, fair wages, good working conditions. They get premium, you know, and they know that the factory is going to be there for a long term yeah. because during pandemic, a lot of mm-hmm. You know, fast fashion factories were closed because mm. all these companies they canceled the orders, mm. and and they you know and the factory were closed, and a lot of the factories that are still recovering, mm. right? And not everybody that were working for those factory came back. Whereas our partner factory, hundred percent people came back to work, wow. right? Yeah. And during pandemic, they you know they got some fund from government. Also, our partner factory paid fifty percent salary even if though they were not working wow you see yeah 
So these are these are the benefits. These are the impacts, yes. right? It's not only in terms of money, like you know, yeah. A lot of people, right? You know, who work for B Corps, who work for fair trade, who work for different, you know, value line companies, not only for money. You see, mm-hmm. because they believe in what we do and all the good working condition, the environment, and the impact, you know, they are making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredible. I'm so glad you shared those stories because this is real life people's lives are impacted because of these decisions that we're making on this end. So thank you. That's incredible. Sorry to interrupt, but we got to tell you this. Did you know that Fairtrade LA led the campaign that officially designated Los Angeles the largest fair trade city in North America and the fourth largest in the world? We are a nonprofit that exists because of the support from people like you. Become a Fairtrade LA monthly donor to ensure this educational content reaches as many people as possible. Go to fairtradela slash donate to pledge your support. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Let's get back to the episode. So when I when I met you, you were fair. You had fair trade certified cotton, fair trade certified factory. You were got Gots organic, you know, certified cotton, and now you recently became certified B Corp as well. So what led you to make that decision and what added benefits do you see this label bring to your company? So, uh, you know, thank you for that question. And I am very proud that our company is B Corp certified. Mm-hmm. I'm very honored to be associated and mingle and be part of the community that is really trying to make change, mm. right? You see, we, uh, you know, like a big core, like equity, social justice, climate justice, accountability, transparency, supply chain management, health and wellness, safety of workers, economic impact, giving back, and so on. We were already practicing this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it is, it's, it'll lead easier for us, you know, to go and enjoying the environment because, you know, if you are fair trade certified, if you are doing organic, if you are doing mm-hmm. community projects, give back projects, oh. you get the points and, you know, yeah. you have a higher chance to uh, get, you know, be, be certified, right? Yeah. So but the benefit of, you know, be Corp certified is immense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think it's, it's invaluable. Mm. It's, 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 it's totally invaluable. These leaders, you know, trying to change, you know, like just think if one certified certified farmer was trying to do business and get higher price for his cotton or coffee, mm. he couldn't do it, right? Mm. Today, because of the collective bargaining, because of the big, you know, like a co-ops, co-ops, right? They're able to bargain, they're able to get better price, they're able to get better life, they're able to, you know, get, you know, better benefits. Same thing with the B Corp. All the companies have to come together and address the issue that we are facing today, right? Mm-hmm. Social injustice, climate injustice, yeah. Fair working conditions, right? Giving back and not only keeping money for you and your shareholders, but the investors. Mm-hmm. You see, accountability. Yeah. So, and honestly, 
Alisa, it, it definitely adds value to your brand mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I want to bring this back, not to brag or not to act big. I started you know, my business from Swapmeet. And it, today we work with more hundred, more than 455 companies, wow. like a small to the largest mm. tech companies, beauty companies, you know, celebrities, right? Yeah. And I think certifications like B Corp, like Fair Trade, like Global Organic Textile Standards, right, are mm-hmm. helping because these are the third party certifications. You can mm-hmm. talk all big about yourself and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. But unless they are certified and verified by other parties, how can you guarantee that, right? Yeah. Because, you know, this, you know, this certification, you know, like, you know, they have people on the ground that are going, that are auditing, they're making sure that, you know, farmers are being paid fair prices, they are right. treated well, there is no child labor, same thing with right. the factory. So I think adding this certification because in addition to our trade and another thing, is yeah. definitely helping us, and we are very proud. And we want more companies to join and do yeah. good in this world. Yeah, it goes back to what someone shared with you at your trade show. Like, you need that third-party certification to <laughs> to show people that. Uh, but you now are doing the hard work of of the certifications of making sure people are treated fairly. And that's why companies are jumping on board to partner with you. You're doing the hard work. So <laughs> amazing yeah, job. You know, it's all, uh, it's again, contribution of all people, you know, it's not, it's, I'm just following, you know, the direction and the guidance, you know, organization like B Corp, Fair Trade, you know, yeah. are setting the standards, you know, yeah. just trying to do that. And, and maybe more if, Mm-hmm. in our company grows. So yeah, on top of all four of those already amazing certifications, you also made an amazing environmental decision to get the Regenerative Organic Certified Certification, the ROC certification. And now you are officially the largest ROC project in cotton globally. Tell us why you made that decision and what does that mean truly for the environment? Thank you, Alisa. This is, you know, this is my passion. I, this is what I love. And this is what I'm committed now. Mm. It's all about regenerative organic. And uh, first of all, it was a collective effort by my partner factories and, and Gallant to invest mm. in uh, regenerative organic agriculture. Uh, at that time, when we certified, I think our farms was the biggest, you know, our farm group was the biggest one. And the good news is that I am, uh, we are trying to add another uh, 700 plus farmers who have already wow. applied for the certificate. And once audit done, it, if it's done, then it will be like a really big project. So a little bit of background about ROC. You know, the leaders in organic agriculture practices like Rodin Institute, Patagonia, and Dr. Bronner's felt that organic is, is good, but it is not good enough. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So Rodin Institute did a lot of research. You know, as you know, they are the leaders that have been in doing this organic research and uh, training and, and supporting farmers for more than 75 years. They found out that if you do the entire farming to regenerative organic agriculture practices, there is a possibility to do 100 percent 
reverse on climate change. Mm, wow. Okay, because of the carbon sequestration um, below the ground, above the ground, and other uh, farming practices you do, right? Then, so according to Ivan Sonard, uh, the founder of uh, Patagonia, his quote, and, and, and I have to read this because, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to uh, miss it, right? And he said that re regenerative organic agriculture is the number one thing human can do. And, and one of the inspiration was him as well. I was doing, you know, I was uh, jogging and I was just listening to YouTube. And, and, and he said that, you know, the food does not taste good because it has no nutrition. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so regenerative organic uh, addresses many issues that we are uh, facing today and we want to address and we want to solve, uh, you know, brand, you know, companies like Gallen, Patagonia, Dr. Bronner and other, you know, big core communities, right? So there are three pillars. So one is <clears throat> soil health, right? If your soil is not healthy, mm -hmm. people and planet will not be healthy, mm -hmm. right? You yeah. cannot you cannot grow food on dust. Mm -hmm. You can grow food yeah. on soil, right? You know all this conventional farming is is destroying our soil by using fertilizers and pesticides, and not only the soil, the entire ecosystem. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we have a healthy soil, we have healthy people, healthy planet. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is animal welfare. Mm -hmm. Right. You know the factory farming. You know how uh, animals are treated, how they are raised mm -hmm. and, and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think you and I can listen or hear or see things, uh, you know, how this business goes around. Right. Mm -hmm. So this one, it addresses this, like in order to be uh, certified, you have to be compliant with animal welfare, right? Yeah. Then the third most important thing that goes with the fair trade, right? Mm. So in India's context, in order to be regenerative certified, the farm must be fair trade certified. Wow, that's so cool. Huh. <laughs> right so it's all yeah. interconnected and it goes yeah. so much with our values yeah. that we've been we've been you know practicing right yeah. so as you know like this addresses the fair payments good work conditions living wages mm -hmm. uh, capacity building freedom of mm -hmm. association uh, democratic organization long-term commitments as i mentioned to you before mm -hmm. you know why would farmer invest on anything unless they know that there is a long-term commitment, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and just to give you perspective from when you go from conventional to organic, the first year, at least in cotton's context, the yield is about 25% less, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So why would farmer lose that if right. there is no long-term commitment yeah. in that if that premium is not paid, Yeah. right? So I also, I heard that on your podcast, you know, Mr. Paul Rice talking, and one of the dairy farm, I think it's now uh, fair trade certified. And he yes. brought up very important point. You know, we have a lot of migrant workers here, right? Mm. And we, a lot of, you know, 
you know, the factories and other things, how do you know that they are treated well, they have good working conditions, good, they are paying fair wages, and they have their voice heard, or they are just simply, they are just one number kind coming and doing work and nothing, because they are mi migrant workers, and even if there is something, they cannot complain, right? And their voice, mm -hmm. there's no, no way to be heard. So this is, that's why this regenerative, organic, certified, it's so important yeah. that uh, we had to do it. And yeah. this is the only way to do it. And this is the only thing we should do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's why we invested on these certificates and, and other programs, training tools. This movement is growing now. We have all more than 40 brands already, including Patagonia, wow. Dr. Blonovs, yeah. and, and, um, and wine companies. So, so that's the thing. And again, to address yeah. your issue, why another certificate? Because it addresses almost everything, right? Yeah. So just to give an analogy, like you cannot build, you cannot build a house with a solid foundation for only your bedroom. Right, because you'll be hanging out in your living room, you'll be hanging yeah. out in a kitchen. So yeah. you have to make your foundation strong yeah. from every aspect, right? Yeah. So when we do this, we are doing everything. We are addressing climate change, mm -hmm. we are animal welfare, social welfare, mm -hmm. right? And as I said, like carbon sequestration and the soil, and the trees, you know, deforestation problems. And I know, and when you have this organic regenerative uh, certified land, it's more resilient to drought, more resilient to uh, floods because the the water, you know, the land is is it's not just going to flow. It's you know, it's going to absorb the water, right? Mm -hmm. And when it's dry, because you know, you have to do crop covering, crop rotation, so that keeps the soil very healthy. Mm -hmm. And even if there is a drought, you have a chance to grow other food so it helps with food insecurity uh -huh. so it, it aligns with a fair trade standards and values as well as big core values yeah right so that's why we wanted to do this yeah. i'm sure we'll see more of the roc certification everywhere especially around food you're definitely the leading force though you're leading the way i know we we're talking about this before the episode like this is definitely your your passion i love hearing the passion in your voice when you talk about that um, so what do you see as the vision for the future of roc cotton what would you like to see happen in the marketplace and how it will impact the environment um, you know that's a, that's a very good question and 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 i want to mention like uh, one thing right <clears throat> organic cotton uses 88% less water mm -hmm. and 60% less energy. Wow. Right? Because you are not using all fertilizers, pesticides. Wow. It's all made from uh, petrochemicals, right? And also, uh, most of the uh, organic cotton is grown in rain-fed areas, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> and also, you do other, other practices. You know, when you are God-certified, God-certified is post-harvest. So, mm -hmm. basically... In the farm level, it has to be NOP certified. NOP is National Organic Program, uh, USDA's uh, Organic Program standards. Then once you harvest and goes to the uh, ginning where you separate cotton and you know uh, the seeds, from that onwards, it has to be God certified in order to claim mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, organic, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all the supply chain from the ginning to weaver, yarn making and weaving and dyeing and factory, everything has to be got certified. So mm-hmm. it raises a lot of uh, social and environmental criteria as well, right? So the point is that despite knowing the fact that organic cotton has a lot of benefits, forget about only those two things. A lot of farmers are the conventional farmers all around the world, including USA, are committing suicide because of the debt and distress and and climate change impact, right? Mm -hmm. Because you are buying these fertilizers and pesticides, the price is going every day, but the convinced product commodity is not going high, right? So they are not making any money, Mm. right? So because of that, and they are taking loan to do, you know, buy all these pesticides and herbicides and other things, and and they cannot pay backs, and they are taking, most of the people at this in India, they are taking high interest loan and they cannot pay, the crop is not good, right? So they are committing suicides, not only again Mm. in India, but all around the world, including US, right? So yeah. despite all the you know good things that organic cotton has, so only one percent of the organic cotton, uh, only one percent of the cotton grown in the entire world is organic cotton. Why people are not investing in this yeah. despite knowing that? All these big companies, big brands talking about, you know, let's do this carbon neutral, you know, net zero, you know, uh, you know, equality and fair, why they are not doing that? Mm-hmm. Right? But now because of the demand, as I said, this is already increasing. I just came back from India. There are, at least I know, five to 10 different companies. Mm-hmm. They have their representatives in India try to certify this farm, you know, convert this uh, conventional farm to organic farm, mm-hmm. right? Because wow. of the demand, because of the power of the yeah. consumers, right? Yeah. With that, so when you do that, then you do additional things which we can, you can do regenerative organic certi- certification as well. So that's why I think the growth is going to be very, very big, mm. significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that I would, you know, the listeners to this podcast is that regenerative is not regenerative unless it's organic certified. Mm. Okay, so there will be a lot of greenwashing, regenerative mm. washing, people yeah. will say that it's regenerative, regenerative, but unless it's organic certified, mm. it cannot be regenerative because yeah. when you destroy your land, when you destroy the ecosystem, yeah. Yeah. right? When you destroy your it's soil. It's not regenerative. <laughs> it's not regenerative, right? Yeah. yeah. But, so that, that's the thing that I wanted to, I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, that's so educational. I am so glad you shared that. Wow, you got your hands full of of good things, of good impact. And obviously all this did not happen overnight, but in the past 13 years in business, you've made some big and important decisions to get to where you are today. And I think you had you probably had a powerful vision for your business from the beginning and that led you to make these decisions to take care of the people and the planet as you grew with your business. So I would love to know as a fellow fair trade and sustainable business owner, what advice you would give to businesses big or small in terms of how we should view our business? Like how should we use our business as an agent for change? You know, as I said in the beginning, when I started my business, at that time, my 
in priority was to get financial freedom, right? I wanted mm-hmm. to make enough money so that I can support you know my family, yeah, and, and myself, right? Yeah. But we, but I evolved. I learned, mm-hmm. you know. And when you hang out, when you study, you know, like like with like-minded people, mm-hmm. like you know, people who are supporting the fair trade movements, people who are supporting uh, organic movements, people who are supporting regenerative movement, when you are supporting, you know, B-Corp movements, you learn and you become more responsible, mm. right? And you always want to do more, mm-hmm. you see? Yeah. You want to do, go beyond, yeah. right? And 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 you get a lot of inspiration from these brands and, and want you to do more. So so for me, I got lucky, I, you know, I, I would say, right, I've been fortunate that you know a lot of brands a lot of corporates and celebrities and now consumers without their brand they are supporting they are believing in what we do and trusting us right and and i don't want to break that trust right i want to mm-hmm. be better i want to execute more than what they are expecting for us yeah. we'll always try and uh, we'll never be perfect mm-hmm. uh, it's just a learning process we are every day we are learning uh, but we'll do our best uh, mm-hmm. uh, to do that, right? So the advice that I would give is this, right? It may, I think what any company is, you know, that is small or big should do is invest in farmers and workers than mm-hmm. Google and Facebook ads. Even though they are my customers, I know it's mm-hmm. not good, you know, they buy bags from me, you know, it's not a good thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. But the good thing to do is invest in those supply chain partners, mm. right? Because they are your bloodline. You are nothing without mm. them, yeah. right? And you take that story and tell yeah. to your clients, this is how we are doing. This is These are my farmers in my case, right? These are my workers. These are, this is where we do our spinning. This is where we mm. do our weaving. This all... Uh, you know, supply chain actors has to comply with our, you know, values mm-hmm. and and the standards set by third-party certification, you know, organizations, right? Yeah. So my thing is that invest, your ROI will be much better than mm-hmm. blasting emails and constantly sending newsletters and, mm-hmm. you know, putting ad on Google and Facebook because people are watching yeah. who's selling what they are not buying your ad they are buying mm. your story what you make and mm. just to give you context right we never approach we got so much on media of what we do like we are in fourth newsweek insiders you know mm. tree hugger birdie the good trade we did not approach to them mm. you see if i had gone I had a pr agency mm-hmm. it would have cost me Hundred fifty two hundred thousand dollars to mm-hmm. get all those uh, what do you call publishing right? Yeah. But because of what we're doing, people are watching and they are writing. So my thing is, invest. Don't try to take profit. You know, take the profit. You spend only what you need. The rest you invest in business. Mm-hmm. And other thing that my banker taught me is that make you you know like again same thing. You know when you go and you know like your business grows, you can you know you're investing in your business bank would increase your line of credit, right? You know, when I started my business, 
dollars. And in two years, I went, they didn't even give me three thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Now they say we're going to give you a million dollars, right? So yeah. you have to invest in business for the growth, and mm-hmm. to to the growth, invest in community, mm-hmm. invest in workers, and be good with your supplier factory. Don't try to ask for ninety days, hundred days credit. Pay on time. Mm-hmm. Don't cancel the order. Order only what you need. Order small, right? Yeah. But be nice because you know factory is very hard. You know job yes. to run a factory. You know yes. to be a farmer is the hardest job. No yeah. matter you know whether it's hot or cold or rain or hailstorm, yeah. you have to go there and be there. Yeah. And you make so little. So if you don't support them, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and what's the use after yeah. you're doing business? How do you sleep at night, right? Yeah. But if you do help them, mm-hmm. then guess what? People are coming to you, will yeah, come to you exactly. and support your business, right? Yeah. So you have to help people yeah. to help. You don't have to give everything, mm-hmm. right? Very little yeah. contribution can make a big impact yeah. in those developing countries. Yes. And that story, you give it to your clients and that's what they are looking. And that's why, like, you know, you always say on your podcast, you know, people would are willing to pay more more than 60 or 66 percent of the uh, people that know about fair trade and they support fair trade right Mm -hmm. so you help other they help you grow if you don't help others if you just think for yourself and i think it will be hard i think that is changing exactly we were talking about that about how with the pandemic and our tough market economy right now people care more and more about where they're spending their money. And like you said, if you're truly changing lives, if you're truly making an impact, if you're truly taking care of people, then people are willing to spend money with you, you know, because you're, you are making the impact. So yeah. And you are definitely doing that. You are leading the way in that you are truly investing in farmers and, and workers. And I am so proud of the work that you've done. Thank you. So no, it's it's a very small investment. It's a very small movement, right? But we need more people to do this, mm-hmm. right? And 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 collectively, as I said, like you know, how fair trade contributed in almost you know more than a billion dollar in this. So mm-hmm. when we work collectively, we can make a difference. You know, that's my philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, what a educational podcast. Well, we learned so much from you today. I mean, you shared some amazing insight with us with all your work in India. But we like to end our episode with a fun question. What is your favorite product that you've ever created? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's very hard to answer. You, yeah. know? Uh, you know, the what is thing is that so two things, right? One, we are the favorite sustainable partner of more than 455 companies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, that makes me happy because we are their favorite, yeah. right? So we are not only giving the product, we are giving them measurable, impactful data with the mm-hmm. traceability and transparency uh, mm-hmm. to the last miles. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and also that our brand Terra Thread is becoming the favorite brand of celebrities, mm-hmm. uh, nonprofits, and you know a lot of uh, you know individual uh, consumers and corporates. Yeah. So they are putting 
you know, their logo alongside their thread logo and giving to their employees or giving as a gift. Yeah. So, so it is the favorite thing is that we are, you know, we are happy and proud that we are able to make the products. It is our customers' favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, rather than what we do, favorite, right? Uh-huh. So, so we are proud that we are making the products. It is. It's their favorite product. I so love I that. Put, I don't know if I put it, I don't know if I'm able to put it nicely or not. So the favorite part it. is that it's your con- customer's favorite products. I love that. <laughs> Whatever the customer's favorite is your favorite. <laughs> yeah, ultimately you work for them, right? Without them. And then also I want to add one thing. Thank you for bringing this. Whatever small, like it's a very small, tiny fraction of things that we are able to do is because of our customers, right? So it's contribution of our customer. That's why I always say whatever we are today, whatever we do, whatever we are able to do is contribution of other people. Mm-hmm. So they are making the, the contribution uh, to the family. It's, it's not, it's only gallant, it's, it's them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you had mentioned TerraThread. I definitely want to have you and your daughter, Vizem, back for another episode because there's so much more to talk about with your brand, TerraThread. So anyways, we'll save that for another conversation because I want to have you guys back. <laughs> so I would love to. Thank you. Yeah, we also like to end every episode asking our guests this question. What is one simple action step you would like our listeners to take after this episode to make this world a better place? You know, a few things, right? We are in the business of selling products. Mm-hmm. But I will, I always say, the biggest impact you can make is buy products only if you need. Mm. Don't buy anything unless you need it. Mm. Okay, whether it's TerraThread, whether it's Calend products or any any brand, because we are buying more than we need. Mm. You see? But when you buy, if you must buy, right? Buy the products that align with your values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, you know, look, you know, it doesn't have to be fair trade or B Corp or anything. There are a lot of companies doing great things. They are mm-hmm. doing, pro, you know, projects uh, to provide clean water. They are doing mm-hmm. projects to uh, for animal rights. They are doing projects, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for uh, you know um, human trafficking. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for consumers. Uh, again, buy the products, any products, only if you need it. Yeah. Repurpose, reuse it, doesn't matter. It will make you great wearing the clothes that has some holes in it than buying mm-hmm. fancy. I think people would love and respect uh, you more, right? Mm-hmm. Then if you buy, if you must buy, buy the products that align with your values. Mm-hmm. For com- companies, uh, businesses, right? Uh, I would say that, you know, think, of a business that is win-win-win for everybody, not only for you or for the factory or the farmer, the entire supply chain, because everybody has to win mm. in order to succeed. Mm-hmm. 
right? So if you try to just think win for only myself and you make profit, you buy $10 million house or buy, you know, $300,000 car, uh, you know, I don't think that really adds value. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what adds value to your soul and to your community Mm -hmm. and and to your good sleep Mm -hmm. is paying fair wages, paying fair for the, you know, produce, right? And not exploit and be fair Mm. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. When I buy something that aligns with my value, I just, it's, it feels so good and you're just so proud of it and you want it to last. So that is, that is the key. Wow. Thank you. That. I think that was such a wholesome conversation. And I'm sure after this conversation, a lot of businesses and even nonprofits, churches, they're going to think twice about maybe the the merchandise we buy, maybe the t-shirts, the bags we buy need to be not just fair trade, but organic, regenerative, organic certified. So if that's the case, I'm going to put your contact information in our show notes because I want to make sure that people get access to to you and all the beautiful products that you make. Thank you, Alisa. Thank you for this opportunity. And you know, I'm I'm very honored. And I know you are doing amazing work, you know, like Fair Trade LA became the biggest cities in the US to be yes. Fair Trade certified, right? And we're doing a lot of work in in Haiti. And I wish you good luck and uh, all the best. And thank you for all you do too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, what a deep and rich conversation to end this year strong. This conversation is a kind reminder that there are businesses out there fighting for a better future, and I'm so proud to be a part of this movement. Now to continue the goodness, Vic wants to do something special for a family this holiday season. Gala International would like to give a $200 gift card to someone in need. If you know of a family that can really use this extra $200 to buy whatever they need, whether it's groceries or gas money, please email us their story at hello at fairtradela.org. We will select a family by Wednesday, December 21st, and this family will receive a nice Christmas surprise. Just email me their story at hello at fairtradela.org. May all of you have a wonderful holiday. Stay warm, stay healthy, and we will catch you in the new year. I want to thank the creative team behind the Fair Talks podcast, our executive producer, Julia Bucquerel, our editor, Caden Sullivan, our marketing team, Jasmine French, Elena Alcero, and Lizzie Case. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fair Talks podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community and sharing the fair trade message. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fair Trade USA, for making this possible. Now, are you ready to create change? The next time you're out shopping, just pick up one fair trade item to buy, like coffee, chocolate, or bananas, and make a difference. Ask your office, church, business, school, or your family to shop more fair. 
If you have any questions or want to learn more, head over to fairtradela.org slash podcast for show notes, discount codes, and additional resources. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at FairTradeLA to join our amazing community of fair trade lovers. Tune into our next Fair Talks conversation to hear more life-changing stories. Thanks for listening.